What's going on, everybody? My name is Christian Gujanov, and I want to welcome you to Peak Performance Principles. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about the principles in order to achieve and sustain peak performance. So if you want to get better, if you want to improve your performance, you're in the right place. Let's get started. everybody welcome to this episode of peak performance principles we've got a pretty special guest that's going to be on with us today talking about his experiences um, you're going to best know him as the quarterback at BYU for a lot for a couple of years uh, but he is so much more than that and he's going to talk a little bit about his experience with football and and all the other things he's doing with his life now so I want to welcome Tanner Mangum onto the podcast Tanner are you there I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, sorry about that. I think the connection was off a little bit, but I'm here doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming, man. So just real quick for the first like two minutes, I want to play because a lot some people are definitely going to know who you are. Some people might not. So we're going to do like a quick little game. So I'm going to ask you, so this is like spitfires. So you just tell me cool. the first thing that comes to your mind. So first question, uh, favorite snack, like snack food. Oreos. Oreos. Nice. Uh, <laughs> favorite beverage, like favorite drink. You can't say water because that's lame. Uh, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Dr. Pepper and Oreos, man. That's awesome. <laughs> After a great start here. So, uh, so obviously you play football. Was there, tell me like a favorite play that when, when you heard this play come into your headset, like you're like, yeah, here we go. What was your favorite play to run? Oh, man. Well, it's got to be I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was the Hail Mary. Yeah, uh, there you go. It's kind of how I started off my career was with the Hail Mary. So I think that one will always have a special place in my heart. Yeah. So I, I, I interviewed a few other people, and they quarterbacks always love the victory formation. Yep, yep. That was one that, like, I get. I'm like, really? Wow, I didn't see that coming. But Hail Mary, oh, that, sure. yeah, that's like, that's just gun it. Yeah, happens, it's right? like, all right, just chuck it up and uh, <laughs> see what happens. So since you, since you, I don't want to be that guy and bring it up, but so, so like, that was your freshman year, right? Against Nebraska? Yes, first game. And, and yeah, first career game, the, the starter got hurt and I came in uh, midway through the game. And then uh, we, we, by the, you know, last play of the game, we're, we're down 28, 27 and yeah, called a Hail Mary last second. Matthews catches it and we win the game. And that was my start to my college career. So pretty wild. <laughs> so, so the next week, right. So you have, you had that Hail Mary and then the next week, was that the next week against Boise State too? Yep. Yep, so which correct. one was like more meaningful? Which one was like you look back and you're like that was the one that like was my favorite? That's tough because they're I, I mean they're both <laughs> they're both insane. amazing. Yeah, both both crazy. But I mean I think the Boise State one just because of the whole situation. It was the first home game, my first start, like where I started the whole game, mm-hmm. and I was playing against my hometown team, Boise State. Right. And so to win in that kind of fashion was was pretty fun. Yeah. But it's a hard that's a hard question to answer. Both are <laughs> pretty awesome. They both are pretty awesome, man. So that that I I was actually at that Boise State game. That was like the only game I went to that year, and we got all our money's worth. So that was a that, that was <laughs> good a fun one to go to. to watch. Good, that was a great to, one to go to, to, man. So you obviously played football for a very very long time. Was there like any other sport that you played, or were you just like football is my thing? That's what you stuck. Oh with. no, I yeah I, I did it all growing up. I football, basketball, baseball, and then every winter with my family go skiing. And uh, my mom taught me how to play a little bit of tennis. Nice. Uh, learned to play a little bit of golf. Not very good, but, um, but you know, I, we, we just, in my family, we all grew up playing sports. Yeah. And, and, but I liked that because I, there was a lot of carryover between, between them all. And I actually really looked forward to each season. I, I, I didn't burn out because – once football ended, I was excited for basketball. And then once mm-hmm. basketball ended, I was excited for baseball. And then once baseball ended, I was excited for football again. So it was good to keep that variety and, and uh, just to stay active all year round. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's like if it's just like a new thing nowadays, but it seems like a lot of kids are like they play one sport mm-hmm. year round. Right. And like like it helped like playing those different sports. So. When you got to obviously a very high level division one college football, like how did you notice those other sports? helping you when you were just solely i imagine like when you're at byu like that's you're not playing anything yeah. else but football yeah. right yeah so at like, that point like how do those at that other point sports you're specialized help? 
and that's that's all you're focusing on. But one of the biggest things was baseball. You know, so I grew up playing baseball. I was a pitcher. Um, you know, played in the outfield too. And and just think the the throwing motions that you have to put yourself mm-hmm. in in baseball on the baseball field. Like you know, growing up, I played a lot of shortstop, and you get out of position a lot of the times. But then you still have to find a way to to get that ball to first base. And so you learn to throw from different arm angles, yeah, and to use your hips and use your core. And there's a lot of carryover with that in football that helped me become a better thrower, a better quarterback, because I had that that those throwing skills that I developed from baseball. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. with basketball too, just being able to move and lateral movement and, and staying agile and being able to make guys miss. Um, just that's something that you kind of pick up as you play basketball. And then also with, when it comes to sliding as a quarterback, you know, sometimes you run and you have to slide. Yeah. Uh, it was super easy and super natural because I, you know, did that all through mm-hmm. my baseball years. So, you know, there's a lot of carryover in different sports and just being able to move and be athletic uh, is, is a skill that, uh, you know, it's it's hard to to coach, but it's just something that you pick up as you grow up playing sports. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important to combine like transfer transferring those skills from other sports is for sure is amazing. So, what when did you like commit to football as being like that kind of ticket to the next level? I would say ninth grade. My okay. so my freshman year of high school, I was fortunate enough to play varsity uh, at the at the varsity level as a ninth grader. Wow, and that's amazing. And, yeah, it was, it was really fun because my older yeah. brother at the time, my older brother at, at the time was a senior and he was a receiver. And so wow. me being the quarterback and he being the receiver, <laughs> we just got to play together all year long. And, and it was fun throwing touchdowns to him and probably to this, you know, to this, uh, to this day, the funnest year of football I've ever had was playing. Did you him. did you favor his side wherever he lined up? Oh, totally, I absolutely <laughs> did. You know, if, if I you was knew ever, you're coming home to him, so like if I, if I was ever in a, you know in, in any, any kind of trouble, just throw it up to him and give him yeah. a chance. And then uh, exactly, I had to give him keep him happy. I had to keep feeding so him the rock. Did you know, like ninth grade? Like, did you know you're starting, or was it like kind of a sudden thing, or did you pretty much know heading into ninth grade like you're the guy? Uh, so yeah, that that summer I uh, went in and the team really didn't have a quarterback. Uh, and, and so I knew I had a good shot of, of, mm-hmm. of making it. And, and so I, yeah, I played well in the summer and then the first game, uh, balled out, you know, the first game threw yeah. for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. And it was like, okay, like, all right, this is it. You know, I'm, I'm starting. And so it was fun, but also that's where I knew, okay, maybe, I have some talent here. This is, mm-hmm. this is um, something that I can keep working at. I have a lot of potential and, you know, started hearing some things from some different schools, different colleges, started expressing more interest that mm-hmm. year. And so that's kind of when I knew, okay, this is what I want to pursue. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep playing other sports, but I know in the long run, football is what I want to uh, pursue moving forward. Yeah. that's So how, how did you like approach? So one of the things like, like on the podcast, we talk a lot about is like, principles that work to impact and increase performance right so yeah yeah you're ninth grade right i mean like you're still like you have school you you're you're a young kid still and all of a sudden you're the leader of a football team mm-hmm. and you're and your older brother is on the same like lining up staring you down and saying yeah i'm open so like, yep. like what can you if you can kind of put yourself back in your ninth grade shoes like kind of a two-parter i guess like first off what did you do that mentally got you ready to almost like act probably and have to play above your age. But, and also like, what do you wish you could have told yourself now that, you know, it's been a couple of years since that moment? Mm-hmm. Oh, good questions. I think I've, you know, I've thought about it a lot, especially just what you mentioned, like being at such a young age, I was 14 years old uh, playing with 17, 18 year olds. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had to have a sense of maturity about me, but I think as far as like mental skills and mental uh, strategies go, one of the best things that, that I learned at a young age was just to be yourself and to, and to enjoy the moment and not try to be anything different than who you are. Because if you try to be someone else or be something different, you start to press or you start to force mm-hmm. things. You start to do yeah. things that are, that are out of your nature, or out of your character. And so I was just going to be myself and just have fun and not worry about, about being perfect. Um, and, and that's what I, I think that's what brought me a lot of success that year. You know, obviously I had a lot of good help around me and good talent, 
around me to, to you know, yeah. you need a supporting cast. But for me individually, I just had fun. I was just playing loose and not worrying about things outside of my control. I, I didn't I didn't think about being young. I didn't think about being a freshman. I just mm-hmm. thought about going out there every day and practicing games and just having fun and being the best quarterback that I could be. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's that is and, and I love how you said that, that those things culminated in like that was your that was the most funnest year of football you've yeah. played. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's amazing. Is there is there anything that like looking like now that it's been, you know, how many ever years it's been, like five plus years, like is there anything you wish you would have like learned or anything that you feel like, man, this would have been good to do? Um, I, yeah, I, I think one thing that I, I could have done better was being a little bit more deliberate in my training. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it, there's a balance. There's a balance where you want to you want to play loose and you want to have fun, but you also want to be deliberate and make sure that you're really practicing the best habits day in and day out. And yeah. whereas I think at that young age, I hadn't really grasped that concept. I was kind of just like a free, like a, a gunslinger, just playing mm-hmm. with kind of a little bit lack of discipline, which helped me in a lot of ways, but then also got me, got, got me into some trouble yeah. as far as, you know, throwing, maybe throwing some passes that I shouldn't have or doing, yeah. doing some things that I shouldn't have. And so I had to learn to kind of really be deliberate in my training and, and to work on those, those best habits, those best practices that that um that set you apart and take you to the next mm-hmm. level and so yeah i think that's something that a lot of especially at the high school age you have to learn you have to learn that it's you're gonna it's gonna take extra work it's gonna take extra time and you can't just 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 because you're spending time doing something doesn't mean you're necessarily getting better you have to practice it in the right way yeah uh, yeah you know, i think that, like, that like, deliberate part of it is yeah incredible like, like, you can spend hours doing something but if you're doing it in the wrong way or doing it with bad habits, then you're just reinforcing bad habits. Yeah. And so it's not, sure. a, it's not always like practice makes perfect. Like you have to have good deliberate practice to make it, mm-hmm. to make, to perfect something, to work on something. Yeah. And did you, so did you notice that like, as you head into like your sophomore, junior, senior, did, yeah. you, did you tweak those things? Like, or did somebody yeah. like, did you kind of figure out on your own or did, did you have like a coaching staff or like family friends that pointed things out to you? Uh, it was a combination of both. It was a combination Probably of both, me, yeah, all the above. Yeah, like realizing, okay, you know, I, I need to get better at these things. And then also some coaches. I, I actually, my junior and senior year, my family moved. And so I was at a different high school. And this, this, the coaching staff at this high school was really, really great and really um, helpful and wanted me to, to continue to, to grow and improve mm-hmm. and build on the potential that I had. And so they helped me kind of take that football acumen to the next level whereas they had raw talent and then they helped kind of refine it and make it even better yeah yeah that's awesome yeah i think one of the things we talk about a lot is i'm sure you kind of heard about the growth mindset yeah totally looking at things you know trying to improve and progress i mean it sounded like they're like i mean obviously moving is a big deal but learning new names like new new school new environment like it sounds like that you approached it in that way too where you were looking to succeed instead of trying to find reasons to fail exactly and that's something that i feel like i've always naturally had And it's as I've been able to kind of introspectively and retrospectively look back, I realized that I, I think growing up, my parents instilled in me a lot of optimism and Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of desire to always improve and to get better. Also, my older brothers inspired me a lot. They, they, they grew up playing football and I always looked up to them and they always pushed me to be better. And, and they helped show me that I can always work. I can always improve. I can always grow. And, 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 uh, and I, to this day, I still have that mindset yeah. and, it, and it makes a huge difference because when you feel like you're at the top of your game or you're at the best, at your best, then you can, you can plateau and then mm-hmm. you can start to think that, oh, I, you know, I, I'm stuck or I, I can't make these adjustments. But uh, if you have that growth mindset, then you're always going to be looking to learn and always going to be yeah. trying to soak up new knowledge and new skills. And that's what makes it fun. Yeah. So like, how, how did they do that exactly? Was that more of just like did you just like see them like just their action or was there like specific conversations? Like what, what was, give us kind of a flavor of like how that came to be. Yeah. So my older brother, Parker, he was, he's 13, uh, let's see here. Um, nine years older than me, nine years older than I am. And so when I was just starting flag football at the age of eight, he was playing quarterback for for the high school team he was he was the varsity quarterback and so i grew up just looking up to him i kind of idolizing him wanting to follow in his footsteps and he would always tell me to be the hardest worker on the team 
he would always talk about he had this slogan. He would say, not the fastest, but the first. Like, even if you're not the fastest guy in the team or the strongest guy in the team, you can, you can outwork people. You can be there mm-hmm. first. You can Love finish that. first. Say that again. So not, not the fastest, but not the, the fastest, but the first. Ooh, and I, like and I didn't always live up to it because sometimes <laughs> I you know, didn't uh, put, put those words into practice, but it, but, it, but I did think about it a lot and mm-hmm. it, it made an impact on me. It showed me, you know, through his actions and his words that I was going to have to work hard to get where I wanted to go in order to go play college football, which I set as a goal for myself at a young age, I was going to have to really train mm-hmm. and outwork everybody to do it because I'm not the most athletic guy. You know, I'm not the fastest guy or the strongest guy, but if I really work on these skills, I can achieve that goal and I can, I can accomplish what I set my mind to if I have that mindset of, okay, let's do this. Let's work and not just hope that things happen. And, and, and I had that throughout my whole upbringing, you know, in, in whatever I was doing, um, my, my, uh, parents would encourage me to, you know, really put my best foot forward and and to give it my best effort and whatever it was, if, if it was sports or school, like they really, um, you know, encouraged me and helped me to, I guess, utilize my potential and to utilize my intelligence and skills and to and to not just expect things to come but you but to uh to work at them and to accomplish goals that you that you set your mind to yeah yeah that's awesome man that's that's incredible there's a lot of uh athletes that listen to this that i work with that i talk to daily and that is one of the kind of the struggles that they really have is like they have the talent they have all this they have this you know ability to to go but it's just just like you said man like it, you don't need to be perfect all the time it's just put in the work yeah show up with what you've got and give it give 100% of what you have you might be 60% of the best guy on the team but you give 100% of that 60% yeah whatever exactly. that is exactly that's, that's awesome I mean, yeah I, I remember I, like tons of times uh like before my before I before I started at BYU like the summer summer going into BYU um I would just go to our indoor facility and just by myself and I would like set up these chairs and I would by myself go through drills and go through drops mm-hmm. and throw the, throw the ball at the chair and like test, you know, test my accuracy and test my footwork yeah. and my timing. And, and I, and that's something that I would do as a kid too. My, like my, my other brother, the one who played receiver, uh, he and I would just go to our local park or local field and just throw the ball and just, and and then sometimes I'd go by myself and just throw the ball, run after it, chase it down, and then do it again. And yeah. and so you know, just just it it takes reps. It takes so many reps, and it takes work. But that's that's how you do it. You know, you 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 have to have a combination of some some talent and skill, and then you combine it with hard work and grit. And yeah. that's that's when you really start to grow and improve. So what 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 like what got you to go like to get up off the couch and actually go to the park as a kid and do like what. Was that just like the goal that you had to play? You know, you just said like you had a goal from a young age to play. Goals yeah, so I, I had, do that. I had the what goal was that for you. I had the goal, but it was 100% love the game. Yeah, truly, truly. Like, yes, of course, I had this dream of playing uh, college, you know, mm-hmm. football. I had this dream of playing in the NFL, but that's not really what would get me up. I mean, so I guess I think, yeah, like on I a think, daily think, basis, it wasn't that. It was just, yeah, it, it was more just, just loved it. I just loved it. Like, it was yeah. fun. Yeah. I really genuinely looked forward to waking up and going to practice or getting up off the couch and going and throwing the ball in my backyard because it was just genuinely fun to me. Yeah. And I loved that feeling of just spinning the rock and just, you know, that there's something about it. And I, and yeah. I loved it. And I, and so I think that's another thing that kind of um, helps a lot of successful people. The reason, a, a big reason why they, they do put in the work is because they do enjoy it. Yeah. I, I think if you're miserable, it, you, you can only fake it for so long. And I think some people still do. You still can, but you can, you can hate it and still be good at it. But for the most part, in my experience, people who really uh, are good at something and have a, a skill for something, they enjoy doing it. And that's yeah. what helps them put in the work when, even when they might feel a little bit less motivated, they, they just love it and they keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. hundred percent. So you, so, so you had this goal right? as a kid, you had this goal to play college football and you, so you served a mission 
before you played, right? I did, yes. I served so a two-year mission what was in that? Chile. So, so two-year mission in Chile, right? Like, they probably don't know what football they, – they have a very different name for football. It's a very yes, different meaning yes. out there. So, like, during that time, obviously your focus is not on football. It's on something very – you know, no, I wouldn't say the opposite of football, but it's very non-athletic. It's not focused on reading defenses and, yeah. and training and, and making plays on the field, right? So during that time, did you kind of, like – put football to the side and just focused on serving a mission or how, like, how did you handle that? Yeah, I really did. Uh, I, I think I probably threw the football on my mission while I was down in Chile, you know, eight or nine times. Uh, and, and other than that, it was just strictly serving people and, yeah. and talking to people and teaching people. So there's a few, so I don't I don't mean to cut you off, but there's no, going to be people that have no idea what we're talking yeah. about right yeah. now. So can you get, just share like a brief, like, of what a when we say what a mission is, obviously yeah. me and you know what that is, and people listen to know what it is, but some people have no idea what we're talking yeah. about. So, yeah, so give us like a, mission, a quick little synopsis of what that means. Yeah, so a mission it's 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 a it's a an ex, it's a I guess uh it's not a mandatory thing. It's something that that members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints volunteer to do at the age of eighteen or nineteen. They dedicate a year and a half or two years of their time to go to a foreign place, and it, it's it either in the United States or around the world, and you dedicate your time purely to teaching people about the church, about Jesus Christ, about Christianity, and, and inviting them to to learn more about uh, our religion, to learn more about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And you, you are uh, pretty much alone. You're with a companion, and you're, you're a young kid, and you're out teaching people and you're just, you're uh it's, it's an amazing experience because you get to become uh, extremely independent you know you're away from your family you're away from home and you're uh yeah you're dedicating your life to to helping others and serving others and so and even if people don't want to learn about the church you can still serve them in different ways and, and help mm-hmm. out in you know, humanitarian aid and volunteer different with different causes and things like that but it's an awesome experience yeah, and uh, I I was fortunate to go to Chile, which is a beautiful country and unique unique culture, and it was it was a great experience for me. Yeah. So, what was there anything from? And this might be kind of a I don't know, not a weird question, but kind of a difficult question to answer, maybe. But like, was there anything during those two years of serving your mission that directly helped you on the field when you came back and started playing again? I think one of the biggest things was having a sense of maturity about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's very physically, uh, I guess what's the word it, a lot of people might think, oh, that's an advantage that you get, you get to come back and you're, and you're older. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a, it's a common reputation that the BYU football team gets is like, oh, they're old guys, but yeah. it's, it's, it's actually very harmful to your physical health <laughs> yeah. to, 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 I guess, as far as football goes to take two years off of football, of training, of practice, of work. A lot of times you come back out of shape and soft because you lose muscle and you lose yeah. a lot of that, that coordination that, that, that comes with, with repping and practicing every day. And so it's really challenging to come back and to get back into shape. And, and it was a challenge for me. I had, I had to come back and, and really work hard to, to get back into football shape. Mm-hmm. But emotionally and intellectually, uh, it helped me a lot that especially that my especially my first year my first season I was able mm-hmm. to just really feel um confident in who I was I think uh I knew um I had faced some some you know adversity on my mission on my mission and so then when I faced hard times my freshman year at BYU I um you know was able to kind of process them and not let them yeah get get the worst of me I, I was able to just deal with it and keep moving forward because that's a skill that i learned in chile is that if you face hard times you just process it deal with it and then you go on to the next the next door or the next person or the next yeah. moment next day and you just kind of um roll with those punches yeah that's awesome man that's 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 amazing i think for yeah, for some people that aren't kind of familiar with, with that world of i mean you you came off of like elite 11 right like you were in high school you're recruited by a lot of schools. You could have, you had kind of a, quite a few choices. Yeah. And then you kind of, you say like, I'm going to serve two minutes. I'm going to serve two years. I'm going to put football away. I, I mean, I, I'm knowing a little bit about you. I imagine that was never really a, 
a doubt. That was never really a, yeah. you, you were going to serve a mission. Like that was yep. what you wanted to do for many more, many years. And it was something important to you. So, and then just for people to understand like how, like when you're in Chile, you're not, you're not a king in Chile. You're, you're, Oh yeah. No one knew who situation I was. isn't like, you're not, your living situation isn't the greatest thing in the world. You're not eating great, great oh, yeah. meals and stuff like yep. you're working and you are hustling every single day. Like you wake up. I mean, I, the schedule, right? 6am you work until 10. You yep. you're with one other person who sometimes can be the greatest. They can be one of the most amazing people in your life. And other times it can be pretty difficult to live yeah. with another person 24 yeah. seven. So like that is just such an incredible sacrifice. And I, I don't think a lot of people get this, but also like taking that time away. I love how you mentioned like taking that time away and being able, almost like playing another sport, right? Like you matured, you, yeah. you were able to handle adversity probably better than some other people could have handled it. And you had these amazing experiences and these humbling experiences. And then, I mean, you go within a matter of months, you go from Chile to being home to Taysom Hill getting hurt. And you're having to throw Hail Marys against a very, very good team in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Like that trans to talk about that, man. How did you like come back and, and mentally, physically, you talked about physically preparing yourself, but like, how did you mentally prepare yourself from coming back from a mission, going to school and, and then all of a sudden like game one. And from my, from what I can recall, right. Like Taysom got hurt, but he still played a little bit, right? Like yeah, it was, yeah. he was in and out. And then toward the end, like you came in. Yep. So what was that like mentally? Like how were you, how did you like prepare yourself to play in that game? Well, so all throughout the summer, I just prepared and worked as if I was going to play. And I think as as a backup, you have to have that mentality. Just expect the starter to to be uh, healthy one hundred percent of the mm-hmm. time, and then all of a sudden you're surprised and you're caught unprepared. You have to be ready to go no matter what. And I just took that mentality. I had that mindset of of um, just deciding to to work hard every day, to master the offense, to know what what my job is, and to to understand Nebraska's mm-hmm. defense and things like that. Just like I was if I was going to be the starter. Yeah. And um, and I just uh, I, I you know I just embraced the moment. I embraced the challenge. So when the time came for me to go in, once once Taysom got hurt and and then he was out and it was my time. I just embraced it. I, I was I was excited for it because I knew I was ready. I knew I was I was prepared, and um and I and I think it's just important to always control what you can control, mm-hmm. and that's something that I that I definitely learned uh, that year it was that there's a lot of things out of your control, but what are the things that are in your control? And you can control how you prepare. You can control how you work and and uh, the work that you put in leading up to the game. And then once you're in the game, you can control uh, your actions and your, your, act, your movements, your decisions and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and so it was a yeah, crazy experience to just be thrown in, to be thrust into this, this situation. In my first game, even though I've, I'd only been home for my mission for three months, but I felt ready for it. I felt prepared. And it was something that I worked for, not just that summer, but also my whole yeah. life. I knew that, my, my my all my training all my work that i'd done throughout my whole life had given me the skills and the tools necessary to be successful in that moment and so i just i trusted that i trusted the preparation and that, that helped me be successful awesome man all the kids listening out there you better replay the last like 30 seconds of this if you're a kid you need that that is that is just money dude that's incredible like all that prep this isn't the first time that you played football <laughs> And like exactly. that nervousness, and I imagine like like you kind of felt. I'm sure that it's a nerve wracking situation, but because of that preparation, because of your commitment and your love of the sport and the game and of the team and of these 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 brothers around you, right? Like it, you just did your job. You just did your thing. Exactly. And something that a sports psychologist helped me understand while I was at BYU is to break things down into very easy to use cues mm. uh, and just, you know, a, sh- a short, simple phrase. Yeah. And that, and that kind of helped me eliminate the noise, helped me eliminate distractions, helped me eliminate nerves or worry. Mm-hmm. And I could just focus on those, those short little cues that oftentimes just focused on my movement or my job or my read. And, and that's all I needed to worry about. 
and and then also understanding to focus on your strengths and to to really believe in your strengths and to know just like i said before to know that you're good enough to know that you're prepared to know that you have put in that work and so that combination of just self-belief and 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 positive self-talk and then eliminating the noise and controlling the controllable those really helped me a lot that's a great recipe man that's awesome well what's like an example of like a cue that you use or like a phrase that you use during that time yeah so for example it would just be um inside outside back and so it, it sounds you know it might sound weird but like it's just for like a route progression mm-hmm. so we've got the inside um the inside route you know which which would be like for example uh like a you know say we have double slants okay so inside slant doubles the outside slant and then if and then the, to the back and that's the progression so if the inside receiver is there take it if not go to the outside receiver if that's there not then go to the, then find your running back in the check down mm. and but just breaking it down inside outside back and that's yeah. all i would you know it's all i know it's all i need to know okay i got the play call what's my read inside outside back um and so or you know another one is like you you have a key defender that you have to read and based on what he does you decide either to run it or to throw it like an rpo mm-hmm. a run pass option you just, you're looking at that linebacker that's all this is all i'm worried about is that linebacker if he if he if he comes in to cover the run, pull it and throw the slant behind it or throw the hitch behind it. If he stays and buzzes wide, then hand it off. And so I would just you know just the cue would just be inside backer, yeah. you know, just something like that. It's, it's gotcha. all yeah, I'm worried cool. about. I'm not not don't need to crowd your mind yeah. with other things. You just simplify it. Yeah, and it's I'm I'm sure it can be easy. I mean, especially in a sport like football where you've got you know what 21 other people on on the field that are half of those people are coming literally for you. And yeah, and it's just trusting your teammates and doing their job too, but also like dumbing it down in a way almost that's not, not, not that that sounds kind of bad, but like chunking it into that minor little thing that you just focus on this and this is what you need to do. Exactly. I love that. Allevi- yeah, it totally alleviates a lot of that mental friction and distraction and you just focus on what you're supposed to focus totally. on. Exactly. Because if your mind becomes, if your mind becomes frenzied, then your decision-making becomes erratic. Yeah. And so something that I wanted to do was be decisive. And, and that's a great way to be decisive is to simplify mm-hmm. and to eliminate distractions, eliminate unnecessary worries and just get it down to the core principles and the core uh, key reads. And then from there, you can just be uh, decisive. Yeah. And then when you couple that with the preparation too, I imagine that that's when you are setting yourself up for the most success. Exactly. Yeah. The preparation of, you know, what you guys are doing, you know, what plays you have, like the back of your hand, you know what the defense is doing. And so that combination, it's, it's so mental. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest things that a lot of people don't understand, especially as a quarterback, is that it's such a cerebral position. It requires a lot of mental processes and a lot of uh, uh, thinking. And so if you have a, a, a frenzied mind, it's going to be tough to be successful. And so you have to be able to calm the noise and be, and be able to think clearly in stressful situations. Yeah. Well, what, what are some things that you did uh, like in the moment, like you're heading, like you got the play call, right? You kind of do the in, like in, in, out back or whatever, right? Like you kind of do the, yeah. some of the cues. Was there anything else that worked for you to like in the moment, in the middle of the game plays call, you're heading into the line. What, what else did you kind of yeah. do to like quiet yeah, a the big, noise? A big or... thing was, yeah, it was, it was self-talk. Mm positive self-talk yeah. it was just like just telling like literally talking to myself out loud and just saying you got this you got this all right let's go let's go yeah. let's do this you got this you know just just really kind of up trying to uplift yourself and pump yourself up and then and then in combination with that if, if i ever was feeling myself getting stressed or, or frustrated just to breathe just just take a couple deep breaths and instead of uh worrying about whatever I, whatever it was that i was thinking about just bring it back to the cue bring it back to the, the, the simple play, mm-hmm. the simplified um, phrase that I would tell myself for each play based on the, based on the read or, or the progression. And so just to breathe and then bring it back to whatever it was I had to focus on that. Th- those were skills and strategies that, that helped me maintain calm in those high pressure situations. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's cool. So you're, so your freshman year there, right? So you played pretty much the rest of the season, right? Yeah, I did. So you played, played the rest of the year. Of the year. Had, had a good year. Had a great. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's being humble. So great year. That was that was an it was an awesome year. So 
you head into the off season, right? Taste some rehab. So talk a little bit about like, what was your process and like mental approach coming into that, like coming into that, that second season, right? You came off this great year. Uh, Taysom decides to come back. Like what was your mindset going into that kind of quarterback battle, if you will? Yeah. Well, I mean, being completely transparent and completely honest, this is where I began to struggle mentally. Mm -hmm. This is where I got away from those principles that had helped me so much being thrust into this new situation. Now it was a difficult situation going from being the starter to now going to back to the backup position. And then on on top of that, I was going through some, some tough personal things in my, in my normal personal life. Mm -hmm. And, and which was kind of affecting my, uh, my overall demeanor, my overall feeling, it it was affecting everything, my personal life and my football life. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I started to struggle mentally. All of a sudden, I didn't feel as confident. I didn't feel as calm. I started to really worry about what was going on, about the situation, about what other people were saying. Because that's another thing that came with the success in my first year was being thrust into the national spotlight. Right. And, and, and then also, the, I guess, the, the Utah spotlight you know, for, in, for, within BYU, the state of Utah. And uh, and I started really stressed about a lot of things. I had a lot on my plate, and I wasn't as good as I as I was before. And, and so I really started dealing with a lot of anxiety. And did you notice that like come? Was that like a like you kind of hit a wall, and it was all of a sudden all these things happened, or was it gradual? It was gradual, yeah. and and I and I and I didn't take the steps necessary to really nip it in the bud. Mm-hmm. I really let it develop because I think I, looking back, I was kind of ignorant i wasn't i really wasn't aware that i was dealing with anxiety mm. uh I, I never called it anxiety i never said that i but but looking back it's exactly what it was yeah but in the moment i just thought i was stressed was that I mostly i mean I, I know with athletes right like the word anxiety is if you're labeled as an anxious athlete like that's like oh, yeah. scar of death right i mean that's totally like, especially in football yeah. football it's all about and, being and you're in your tough. position yeah. football too but like specifically in your position if you have an anxious quarterback i mean that's you know, you don't want anything but that, right? So, like, yeah, it's not, it's not did that sound impact good. like your quote unquote definition of like you were kind of not, not, not denying it, but like you weren't labeling as anxiety? Yeah. When, oh, yeah. Yeah. This is anxiety. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Cause I, I think uh, I, I had never really opened myself up to that world mm-hmm. because I think living in a hyper masculine sport as, as football, mm-hmm. it's all about being mentally tough. It's all about overcoming obstacles and pain. And if you're, if you're struggling, just fight through it. Yeah. And, and so I knew I was struggling, but I just thought I could fight through it. I thought I could just continue to, um, you know, try and push forward and eventually it'll get better and, and things like that. But, but it never did. It just, it just kept getting worse and worse. I kept getting more and more anxious and then more and more stressed the, at the fact that I was anxious and the mm-hmm. fact that I couldn't fight through it. I was, I was mad at myself that I couldn't get over it. And, um, and, you know, I, I, I remember like, uh, in fall camp of 2016, I was getting so angry. Like I, I never felt more angry and it was so weird. Like I was literally, literally like I, I had these like desires to like rage. Like I, I, like I would make a bad throw or something or after practice when I was by myself, I would just like yell cause I was so mad and so frustrated. Yeah. And it, it, it was something that I never really felt before. Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, it took months to realize that, okay, I need some out beer. Yeah. So what what, what was to, that moment like where you kind of realized? Because I feel like a lot of athletes, you're I think you're you're telling a story that a lot of other athletes are feeling, and they, I mean, probably are 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 feeling very attuned. They're very kind of relating to this as well. So walk us through kind of like that process of like you kind of down in the dumps, and it kind of progresses into more and more and more and more. And what was that moment like where you kind of not almost admitted to yourself like, okay, I need to like look into this i need i need help what was that like for you yeah so for me it came in the form of my family helping realizing helping me realize that i needed help Mm -hmm. i was in boise for a game against boise state and my mom sat me down we were just talking catching up because she had realized she had noticed that over the past few months, I wasn't myself. I was really distancing myself from others. I wasn't as normally as, as, as outgoing 
and enthusiastic as I normally was. And so she just was really asking me, like, really, like, how are you? Like, how are you feeling? Like, tell me what's going on and, and what are you feeling? And I just broke down and just spilled, like, everything that I'd been feeling and just broke down these these emotional walls that I built up. And I just was honest with her and told her that it, about everything that I'd been experiencing in, inside my own head and the things that I'd been feeling. And, and then she, at the end of the conversation, encouraged me to go see a therapist, to go talk to someone about it and to, to stop trying to fight it on my own and to go get help. Mm-hmm. And that meant a lot. And at, at that point, honestly, I didn't even, I didn't even think twice. I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, let's do it. Like I, I didn't um, feel too worried about it. I think before I would have thought, man, like therapy, that's for crazy people <laughs> or that's for people who are really messed up yeah. or who really have serious issues, you know? But then I realized, dude, you've been trying to fight this on your own and it hasn't worked. So why not? What do you have to lose? You know, it, it could help to go talk to someone about it. And so that next week I started seeing a therapist and it was the best decision I ever made because over the next several months, uh, a lot of, a lot of progress was made, a lot of uh, help was, was given. Yeah. It was, it was, I'm really appreciative of. And was that like when your mom mentioned that, was that the first time that someone had said something to you about like, Hey, maybe you should see a therapist. Yeah. 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 And I think that, that, that kind first... of talks to the culture too. I imagine like as of when you're obviously probably most of your friends are football players as well. And yep. people outside of yep. that, right. In that culture, right. Like did that play a piece of the, was that part of the reason why no one really had mentioned anything like that before? Oh, I, I would assume so. Yeah. I, that's that uh, if I, yeah, if I had to bet, it's, it's just because everyone else was like me who never thought of therapy. Yeah. And you know, you never thought of that. You never, um, considered it really. It, it was just kind of uh, out of the question. Right, <laughs> just yeah. like, no, you're, just, you're going through our, yeah, you're going through a hard time. Just, you know, yeah. Uh, buckle down, you know, and toughen up and get through it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and then my, you know, my friends, once I started telling them though, once I opened up and told them I was going to see a therapist and was starting to take antidepressants, they were all really supportive of it though. Yeah. And which, which was surprising to me because I was a little bit worried. Mm-hmm. I was kind of nervous about, you know, how they might view me. They might think I'm kind of crazy. They might, you know, just not, love me the same and you know you kind of have these these stresses these worries about about how it's going to be perceived right but no like people were so supportive and so um understanding and and that meant a lot and so it was it was uh an eye-opener for me and it's something that i still talk about to this day is that in sports there's this stigma that is surrounding mental health and i'm just trying to break it i'm trying to help people understand that it's okay to get help it's okay to struggle and you're not alone and it's, it's, it's completely normal and common, but there's a stigma that makes you think that if you need help, that you're weak, but that's not how it is. It's, if anything, it's an absolute sign of strength to go and get help. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you turned, if you replace therapy with, if you said to a teammate that you're, you know, you're going to go see a quarterback coach to help you with your form, they'd applaud you they would think like, Oh my gosh, that's great. That's awesome. Like you're getting better, but it's kind of the same idea mentally where you're seeking that help. But there is that stigma toward it. And there is that, yeah, that stigma toward like, Oh, you're, you're, you're weak, but you're also weak, maybe throwing the ball. And that's why you're going to a, a specialist to, to help you with your arm exactly. angle and just, all these different things. Right. Just exactly. Just like a physical injury. Yeah. You go and get rehab, you go and get help. And it's the same thing mentally. If you're yeah. struggling, you go and you go and get help. And yeah. then, and it doesn't mean that you're completely, um, uh, I guess, like you, you can you can still be great and and have your struggles. Yeah. You know, just because just because you just because you admit to having some struggles mentally doesn't mean that you still can't be high performing and be successful and go do good things. Yeah. And just just like if you have, you know, you're dealing with some physical stuff, you can still, um, you know, go do your thing. It, you know, the the level to which you're suffering, obviously plays a role mm-hmm. but it's just it's i think it's just something i'm passionate about is that it's, it's okay to struggle it doesn't mean that your life's over it doesn't mean that you have to feel that way all the time either yeah that, that you're permanently going to be defined by that right. that's not how it is yeah. you just have to accept and 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 be okay with the fact that you're struggling and yeah. realize that you're not alone and that there are resources available that can help you get back to to uh, you know your your the best, best version of yourself. Yeah. And so when you, when you went, was that 
kind of if, if you don't if you don't mind and, and again please tell me if this is stepping too far and i will move on but the process of you you know coming back from you know talk to your mom boise you come home a couple of weeks you go see a therapist was that like from the school or did you find your own therapist like what was that process like of actually looking it up and going and seeing a therapist for you uh, no, so yeah, it wasn't a school therapist. It was just uh, it was a therapist who was located in Provo, and uh, I actually talked to the leader about it. Uh, he 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 recommended he recommended this guy, and uh, and that and so I started visiting with him, you know, once a week, and and it just it started making a big difference after a couple months. I started to to realize and learn a lot of things. You know, with, with cognitive behavioral therapy, it really helps you understand the way you think about things and the way that you process things has a big effect on your uh, emotional and mental health. And so it kind of helps yeah. you kind of rewire the way you think and, re- and rewire the way that you process things. Mm-hmm. And if just developing strength strategies and, and mental uh, kind of shifting your attitude towards different things. And, but more than anything, also just, just talking because before I was keeping everything bottled up, I was really uh, afraid to be honest with what I was feeling. And, and so having someone that I could just be open and real with meant a lot. And it did a lot for me because once I was able to put words to my feelings, all of a sudden those feelings lost their power. Whereas before I felt like I was under their grip but then right. once I was able to re- release those words and put them out in the open, I felt a sense of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with Justin Sua. Yeah. Um, he yeah. has a podcast. He, he says, that's one of the things I remember hearing from him is name it to tame it. Yeah. It's good. Just like what you're describing. You named it. And once you name that emotion or label it, you can then attack it and work totally. through it. Yeah. So yeah, therapy, therapy is empowering. It, mm-hmm. And the things that you learn, yeah. it gives you that power. And, and all of a sudden, as opposed to being acted upon, you can act and take control. Yeah. And did you immediately, like, did you latch onto it pretty quickly or was it something that you were still a little like, ah, we'll see, maybe we'll see how it goes week no, to I, week. Or were you just like, I latched on pretty quick. In. I was yeah. really, I, I don't know, I guess humble about it. I think at that point I'd been humbled and I was excited to learn these new things and to uh, kind of get out of that rut that I felt like I was in. So yeah. I wasn't too hesitant about it at all. I was, and then I, very quickly, I kind of became proud of it. I became very like excited and yeah. kind of just like in, in anything that you have a good experience with, you mm-hmm. want to start sharing it. You want to start letting people know like, dude, this is awesome. Like, check this out. And, uh, and so then, you know, s- several months later after I started therapy is when I started sharing my story with the public, just telling mm-hmm. everyone about my struggles and about how I'd gone to therapy just because I'd seen the difference. I'd seen how I was before and then I seen how I was after going through it. And I wanted to, to share that story and then help other people and uplift them and let them know that they're not alone. Yeah. And I think that 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 was one of the moments that I remember personally when you, you know, you, you kind of started posting and sharing more about your personal struggle and your personal kind of battle with this and that, that would became more, you became more than a football player to so many people. And I imagine that that was, was, I imagine that was kind of pretty difficult thing to do. Or was that, was that hard for you to, to kind of share your story or it's, it sounds like it was pretty natural and it kind of was opening and freeing a little bit. Right. Or was there it some was. hesitancy it, towards sharing? There was a, there was a little bit of hesitancy, but not much. Obviously you're not, in the public eye. You're in Utah, yeah, you know, exactly. It's I was, you know, a little bit, a little bit of worry about, okay, you know, how might this be perceived or what, what are people going to say or think? Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit, a little bit of that crossed my mind, but for the most part, I just felt really good about being real yeah. and being vulnerable. Because before, like I said, I just bottled everything up and and I'd kind of put on a facade and was really struggling, but no one really knew because I put on mm-hmm. a good face. Yeah. And so I, at this point, I was like, dude, screw putting on this facade, screw <laughs> like the the double life in a way, and let's just be real. And yeah. talk about your issues and talk about your struggles. And um, you can use this platform that football's given you for something good. Because I'd seen a lot of other athletes doing the same thing. Kevin Love, Michael mm-hmm. Phelps, you know, for mental health in particular. Yeah. 
and a lot of other athletes use their platform to speak up for good causes. And I was like, this, this is your time. This is your chance to um, make a difference in people's lives right. and to, um, by being real yourself, it's going to allow you to connect with so many people that are also struggling. Yeah. So all of this was the kind of the last couple of questions. This was all kind of going on during your sophomore year and you kind of, you still have a couple more years of, of playing. So after you come back, like you start playing and you're, you know, you're the starter again and then you suffer some pretty serious injuries. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about like, what was that like going through? Obviously I'm, I, it was a pretty difficult experience, but what was it like rehabbing and applying some of these, you know, through therapy and some of these skills, coping skills, what was it like applying some of those to like your rehab and mentally also kind of going through rehab in a way too? Yeah. The, the skills that we talked about earlier and mm-hmm. the, the, uh, all those, uh, I guess mental strength, characteristics that, that we've talked about helped me a ton, especially during those times of injury. This, again, this growth mindset of feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm hurt right now. And, and this sucks. Like, it's not fun. This is, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's one of the worst things to go through as a player because it just takes you away from playing the thing that you love doing most. But again, I just, that growth mindset and also of controlling what I can control, you know, it's not going to do me any good to just, whine or complain or mope every day it's not going to do you any good but instead thinking about what can i do today to get better you know how can i approach my rehab and what can i do now to get to get a little bit healthier both you know both physically and and mentally Mm because because injuries oftentimes are a mental grind and it's it, it takes an emotional toll and so with with these with with this growth growth mindset i was able to go through my rehab process with a really good attitude and you know might 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 also call it optimism too just like even though things are looking really down just having a sense of positivity and belief and optimism and thinking that it's okay i'm i'm all right i'm going to be okay i'm going to come back better i'm going to come back uh stronger and um again uh, another example of that self talk uh mm-hmm. the positive self talk i would i would constantly be telling myself you got this let's go let's do this it's all you know it's all it's all good it's gonna be all good it's all right you're gonna be all right and uh you know it it sounds cheesy but it really helped me a lot as opposed to just kind of wallowing in my sorrows and being down in the dumps i was able to stay positive and and that's that's one of the biggest things that helps you get through get get through a hard time like an injury is, is maintaining uh some sense of mental um uh, positivity and then and, and staying upbeat. Yeah. Yeah. And did, and did you do anything in, in particular, like on a daily basis to do that? Or was that more of just the kind of an overall kind of, yeah, approach? I think it's, it's, it's conscientiously every day yeah. making the decision, you know, with, like within your inner dialogue, you know, that, that little voice that you have in your mind, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've learned to kind of become familiar with, with that voice. And I would just every day tell, talk to myself and, and say, all right, man, like, you got this. Let's do this. You're like it's good. You know it's going to be all right. You're going to be all right. And um and just ha- having like an attitude of of positivity. Yeah. And then also an attitude of gratitude too. Like that's something that's in your control. You can choose to be grateful. You can choose to look for the good. You can choose to look for um you know the the benefits as opposed to always focusing on the negative. I just would conscientiously try to focus on the positive. Yeah. And 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 appreciate the milestones. Appreciate the steps and the progress. And uh, by doing that, it uh, it makes the whole rehab process much more uh, doable. And, uh, and so, as opposed to letting it, uh, I guess, really damage my mental health, I, I in those moments I used those those strategies that I that I developed to make it a, a positive experience. Yeah, and and did you learn that? Where, where else did you learn a lot of these things? Like for for athletes that are just kind of coming into this or kind of new to this. Was that was that mostly from therapy, or was that just? Well, so it's, it's it's everything we've talked about. It's a combination of everything that I learned growing up, that, that I was kind of one kind of naturally born with. Then also what I learned from my parents and my siblings, mm-hmm. and then from the sports psychologist that I worked with at BYU when I when I first got to BYU, mm-hmm. and then therapy, like the combination of all those things, really helped me. Uh, develop some sense of mental strength and to be into yeah. some mental fortitude. 
And so, in, and so even though I did have that, that really tough stretch where I really did deal with anxiety and depression and some mental health issues, I was able to come out of it. And, and a lot of these mental, uh, mental strength activities helped me. And, and, and now I'm at a point where I can, where I can use all those lessons that I've learned uh, in, in different ways, in different capacities. And so I think that's why it's something that, that I would stress to anyone who's, who's listening is to be able to learn from different sources. Uh, being able to learn from from family, from friends, from from therapists, from professionals, and 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 from mentors, and just always looking to grow and always looking to improve because you know you're, you're, we're never perfect. There's always room to uh, to to get better, and it's it's a it's a good thing. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's it makes it, it makes the process enjoyable, and that, that's what's helped me throughout my journey is being able to whatever the highs and whatever the lows, I can come back to those skills that I've developed that help keep me, uh, help keep me grounded. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's such an important lesson is just keep learning. That's, that's to me, that's one of the biggest things of mental strength is the ability to continue to learn and bounce back and to want to learn how yeah. to improve. And that, that's one of the, and that requires, that requires humility. You have yeah, to understand that, that you, you can't do it all on your own and that yeah. it's okay to get help and that it's, it's, it's a sign of strength to, to seek out help. And, and mm-hmm. that, that, that only, it's, it's, it's such a great skill and quality to, to acquire. Because yeah. I think that the best people in, in whatever profession or whatever they're doing, uh, the, if you're humble, it means you're willing to learn and you're willing to work and you're willing to take coaching and take advice. And that helps you become even better. Yeah. No, hundred percent, man. And so as we wrap up, I, I know you talked about wanting to, you know, in, in sharing your story about mental health and coming and coming and sharing, you know, obviously you talk, you've been talking a lot about it even more now that, you know, the football days might be at BYU might be over, but yeah. Um, what, what, what are some of the things that you're doing now to try to, you said kind of breaking that stigma, what, what are some things that you're currently up to and where can people kind of learn more from you and your experience? Yeah. Well, so all, all of my social media on Instagram at Tanner Mangum and Twitter at Tanner Mangum, I just, you know, try to post uplifting content and, and mm-hmm. talk about mental health and, and share what I'm up to. Cause I, I've been able to speak at some different events. Yeah. Uh, I was able to speak at the national Alliance on mental illness conference a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I've been invited to speak at some, some more events here in the near future. And so, yeah, just, just going around my community and, and talking about it and help, helping break that stigma. And then also talking a lot about some of what we've talked about and, and you know, dealing with your, with your issues and getting help for, with your struggles. But then also, how can you move forward and, and be even better moving forward? That's something that, yeah, that I've been passionate about. And then, um, yeah, I, I have a blog, uh, personal website, tannermingham.org where I just you know, talk about different uh, feelings and just different, uh, I guess, experiences that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just about to start a podcast of my own um, starting here in the next couple of weeks. It's, it's, it's going to be coming out on, uh, on Spotify and Apple and, and wherever you get your podcast, but it's going to be called maybe the best of things. It's a, a reference to the Shawshank Redemption, my favorite movie. Yes. Um, nice. But it's just, you know talking with different people, who who have who are sharing their stories that highlight the best in humanity, that highlight the best of things. That's and so amazing. each 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 guest will just talk about their personal best of things. You know what's 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 great to them, what's helped them mm-hmm. in in their journey and their story. And so yeah, just you know I'm just just doing my part to uh, to connect with people and help break that stigma and help help build people around me or whoever, whoever listens in just trying to, you know, do my best to, to help people out. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being open to sharing your experience with us. And um, uh, yeah, I hope this isn't the last time. And I, I, I love what you're posting on, on, on social media. If you haven't, if you haven't followed Tanner, Tanner Mangum, M A N G U M, right? Yep. Correct. That's it. Awesome, yep. man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I, I couldn't, I can't thank you enough. Um, this has been so awesome to hear your experiences and just being open and continuing sharing this. And, uh, I wish you all the best, man. And, and are you, are you're, you're still playing football, right? You're still trying to yeah, keep, we'll, keep we'll it see. going. We'll, we'll see what happens with the, with the professional, uh, professional side of things. It's, it's, it's NFL is a hard league to get into. <laughs> sure is. Yep. 
but uh you know so i'm staying in shape and uh you know we'll see we'll see how it goes moving forward well best of luck to that and obviously with with your job and your family you you just recently got married congratulations wish you all the best man thank you so much for being here and sharing your thoughts and uh just talking to us a little bit more about this i can't can't thank you enough no thank you i appreciate it seriously it's been good I, i like what you're doing so i'm happy to come on and and contribute Appreciate it, man. Okay. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, Chris. All right. Take care, Tan. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this episode of Peak Performance Principles. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to Tanner for jumping on the podcast and sharing his thoughts and experiences with us. His message was amazing. I hope you guys got some incredible value from him. Uh, follow him on social medias at Tanner Mangum on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also, go check out his website, TannerMangum.org. He's got some amazing blog articles that I really think you all like. Uh, thank you again, Tanner. Thank you for listening. Appreciate all y'all. Um, follow us at Mental Strength Performance. Uh, I'm going to share some show notes, some links, and other things like that that you can check out as well on this on this episode and other future episodes as well. Um, thank you all for being here. In, in the future episodes, we're going to interview some pretty amazing people, so stay tuned. Again, thank you for listening. This has been awesome. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Tanner, and we'll see you in the next episode.